Welcome, Welcome to Art with. Fiona Verity. Say it again. Fiona. No. Fiona Verity. And Julie Nicholson. Welcome to episode 45 of Art Wank. This episode, uh, we are talking to the Melbourne artist Katie Erasure. We had a great chat with Katie over Zoom um, a couple of weeks ago now, and we managed to um, talk to her about everything in her practice from her current works, which were just on show locally at the Michael Reed Direct Gallery, to the fantastic um, opportunities that Katie's had. Um, some of my bucket list um a Gorman collection of her beautiful artworks um, to me thinking that she had indigenous culture, um, blood and realising she didn't. So really enjoyed the chat, Katie. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Please check out her work. All the links are in the show notes as usual. Um, Ironically, we had a good chat with Katie about how we really felt for her during lockdown um, as Melbourne was locked up for so long during the um, COVID struggles and ironically Julia and I are now currently in the northern beaches in in our homes and having to um, find different ways to um, keep the family busy and entertained and ourselves so Big shout out to all of our fellow Northern Beaches residents. I hope you're all doing okay and that um, you're listening and enjoying some family time if you are not working over this New Year period. Anyway, thanks so much to all of you for listening. Please continue to share, rate and review the podcast and looking forward to bringing you many, many, many more exciting artists in 2021. So, Happy New Year, everyone. It's about to storm and there's a really bad wind coming, so I think it's just got that really humid. I'm over it. I just want to be cold in England. We're British. We'd like to have a whinge about the weather. Just (laughs) so you know. We've got to have a good old moan about the weather Mm. and then we're all right. But then, would you you actually want to be in the snow right now? Like, would you want... No. no. <laughs> no. I, I wonder if it was like Switzerland, but in England it lasts for about a day and then it, it goes, goes to slushing. brown slush, yeah, doesn't it's it? Gross. And everything stops working and the trains stop. And yeah, it's, it's nasty. Yeah. It's yeah. um my when we went over to Britain, my husband was like all excited about scraping off the front of the car and stuff, and I'm like, mate, I bet he did that once and said yeah, that's soon boring. got over it. I'm like, shut up it is so <laughs> annoying this is so cool I'm like, my yeah. dad used to have to go out and start the car half an hour before we drove it in england like to defrost it and yeah. otherwise you couldn't drive it it was so frozen Shit. overnight rubbish yeah. rubbish anyway. my mum's yeah my mum's from england so i've heard i've heard ah, some stories before <laughs> where's she from she grew up in essex oh, oh an essex girl bless Love her it. Yeah, best. That's always the reaction. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, like forty years ago. Wow. No, longer, longer. Let's say 
45 maybe oh wow and did she come yeah. over like a 10 pound pom no she came over with my dad they met in london and then got married and then moved straight back my dad um grew up in brisbane so yeah they both moved back yeah and so are you are you did, did you grow up in brisbane no i grew up in sydney yeah oh. so yeah i grew up in sydney and then moved to melbourne i've come back down twice but i've been here like eight years okay oh. and why melbourne um, I think there was always a huge appeal for Mel- to Melbourne for me. Um, I think just art-wise, yeah. food-wise, culture-wise, yeah. uh, a different pace. I don't know. There was something just always drawing me here. Yeah. No, mm. I know what you mean. I've got um, friends from Melbourne. Big yeah. shout out to my boys in Melbourne. I <laughs> live with these three very naughty boys from Melbourne in London and... Um, through my 20s and they always used to say you you're on the wrong side of the planet you need to live in Australia um, but they were so much fun and I ended up coming to Sydney first and got stuck here and they were so shitty with me that it took me 10 months to get to Melbourne and then I got to Melbourne and I was like oh this is so good but the climate reminded me too much of apart from the hot bit of the UK and I thought bugger this yeah, everything thinking, has a downside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. I am totally hearing you. Melbourne's nightlife, food, cultural mix, that's definitely more exciting, I think, than They Sydney. both have pros and cons. Yeah. Sydney. I like both. We have the, we have the best <laughs> features. There's no. You do. And I do yes. love a good Melbourne Sydney fight. There's nothing better than a good old, yeah, but we've got, yeah, but we've got. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to get into that today. No, Definitely not. We'd no need to do it with you, but it's always good no. to do it with the boys. Mm. So thank you so much for chatting to us, Katie. You've had a no, very sure. busy year, just like last year. I thought last year was pretty epic for you, but this year has been pretty busy too. Mm, it has been. Busy. Last year was epically busy has do you think this year's been less so with covid for you did you get a bit of downtime or have you just still kept up the pace i think that's such an interesting question like um busy for me just feels kind of like the vibration that i'm always in um i like filling my time with lots of different things um so for the last couple of years i've been studying my masters of um therapeutic art um also working and then doing my practice and then having my art practice as well but i guess this year has been great in that i had kind of six months to dedicate to my latest show that just opened at um, Michael Reed on the Northern Beaches a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I've never really given myself that amount of time to produce a body of work before. So it was, I felt super fortunate for that. And I guess, you know, if you want to call it a silver lining in inverted commas, yeah. um, being locked down in Melbourne, that period kind of happened at the same time. So we weren't really able to go out and do anything and we were really technically locked down for a while. So you guys were, I mean, I, I honestly, my heart went out to all of you. It must've been so tough to see the rest of Australia. We were like out back into sort of semi normality. And I just kept thinking, man, you know, shut up on the New South Wales news say, because you guys were locked in. You couldn't do anything. Absolutely right. And I, that's what the show is about. That Because um, it's called The Imagined Attractions of Elsewhere. So it's about this idea of always, not always, but often fantasising about like the people and places in 
places where you aren't. And I think that was something that I kept doing while I was locked down and in my house. And I'm really fortunate my studio's in my, in my house, so I was able to paint at home. Um, so it was about all these stories of like, well, what's so-and-so doing there? And like, well, yeah, what's New South Wales doing? And I have so many family and friends in other parts of the world and other parts of Australia. So um, yeah, it You're was- all about FOMO. Foam, yeah, that's another, that's maybe a less art wanky way of saying it. I should have just called it FOMO show. I've always got FOMO. If you're in your, if you're in Melbourne and you're, you're an artist and your studio wasn't in your house, say mm. like it was three yeah. kilometers down the road, could you go to that place of work? You could not. Oh my God. I did not know that. No, I didn't. I thought you could go to work if you were by yourself. Like, could no. you not mask up and. No. We so what really, did you... really severely locked down for like nearly five months. Yeah. So folks that I knew that have, as you said, spaces elsewhere, not where they're living, um, were not allowed to go. So that's why I say I was super fortunate um, to have my little space at home. You wow. do. And your house is awesome. I saw it in the design file. Oh, the design. But yes. I love it. We love the design <laughs> files. And so do I. got some wicked art and furniture i love the design mm. files because you really feel like it's not over stylized and i felt like i got a really nice little peek into your little world oh. and um yeah you've got some great art have you been collecting for a little bit do you do swap i do so many swaps i love a swap i love a yeah. trade i love doing that because then there's like no money changing hands and everyone gets something and it feels good and also i just love so many um artists and and ceramicists that i'm fortunate enough to be friends with and yeah. i love their work so i feel as almost as if i'm like kind of sitting in this community that i love really really so dearly um so yeah i feel super fortunate lots of works that's been gathering over time i've yeah. obviously got a bunch of my stuff hanging on the walls but you've got a you know coast that thin line of not having like a shrine to yourself yeah. 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 <laughs> it feels a bit narcissistic doesn't it yeah you've got to be careful of that you don't want too many of your own pieces hanging no, that's for sure no. <laughs> But so, so your show at Michael Reed Direct recently, um, mm. we obviously saw. Yes, um, we were so we lucky. Very close. Thank you. Um, it's a great space. So your paintings are about colour, the bold use of colour, mark making, and it explores what it is to be human. So what do you mean by, by this? Yeah, good question. I really am interested in having conversations with the viewer um, and I'm really interested in emotion and story. So understanding what it is to be in our connection to each other and what it is to experience love, joy, pain, loss, um, and how I can paint that to express it from my own self and then how I can paint that to connect to you as the viewer. So I love leaving my works kind of open to interpretation. I'm obviously working at the moment in abstract figuration. So it means that I'm alluding to figures and faces in this kind of abstract way. And I like that that can connect the viewer to a story or they can project onto my paintings because I'm always leaving something undone. Um, there's always, yeah. the sketch is always visible. There's always like the color of the canvas visible. So these are the elements where I'm trying to let you speak to me back. I want you to fill in a part of the story for me. Yeah, yeah I can I, see that. Yeah, I can. Work. And yeah. I, I think that's why your work really appeals to me because I want, 
a conversation with an artwork. I don't want it to be obvious. I don't want it to be all um, answered. No, I mm. want to, and I also want to keep looking. And because we're so lucky to live very close to where your work was, I got to see it every day for a long <laughs> time. And it's three doors from my coffee shop uh, that I used to work in and um, I go to every day. So yes. yeah, I felt like I was like the little kid with my nose sort of squashed on <laughs> the window. <laughs> and I think uh, Amber was like, can you get your snotty nose off the window? <laughs> but I, yeah, you definitely have achieved that. There's um, an amazing, um, you know, striking mark making and your bold use of color. But yeah, there, there's, there's, um, emotions in there that you know it makes me gives me um i had a really emotional response to your work and immediately was like yes oh it's so exciting to have something bold and gutsy and not safe sort of north shore colors and so but have you always used bright color or is it I have just theories? Yeah, I have. I've really always been drawn to colour and I find that it like permeates everything I do, like the clothes I wear, my, my house looks like. My colour uh, is so kind of intrinsic to how I tell my story and how I express myself. I really can't really f think about um, reducing my palette. Um, I don't really work in like a couple of colours. It's more like eight or ten or more. Um, okay. I think it's, I love building different colours as well. I love mixing my own paint um, and I love, I don't know, there's something in, it's like filling in a jigsaw puzzle when I started painting and the canvas is blank and I think to myself, what's my palette going to be? It almost feels like those building blocks, like that really fund, foundation, foundational um, space where I'm really starting to create the work that will come and trying to figure out new colour combinations and then like, contrasting colors is really interesting to me um colors that like traditionally would clash um yeah. is really interesting to me um i like being challenged by them is that is that something to do with your um what you're studying with art as therapy like a clashing color creates an emotion in someone that is you know distorted or you feel something and two colors together that that go is more calming are you using that knowledge in the color choices and yeah, that's such an interesting point. I guess it would permeate in some way. It's totally, it's definitely not conscious. Mm, um, intuitive, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, but the way that I paint and the way that I build colour is both, they're both really instinctual and intuitive and I really rest heavy on that. Um, like I try not to question myself too much. I try not to think, oh wait, does that green go with the red? Or like, yeah. you know, I try not to. And that's why um, I sketch with the absence of sight because I'm really trying yeah. not to contrive too much I feel over like the years of painting obviously hours and hours I've realized that my marks the marks and the sketches I make with my eyes closed are far more alive than the marks that I make with so, my you, eyes so you literally start by closing your eyes and drawing on the canvas with paint or with a Crayon oil stick or? yeah with an oil, oil stick, stick. okay Ooh. yeah so um i have i guess you could say i have an idea in my head like i know i want to paint a face or i know i want to paint yeah. a body or i know i want to paint like you know someone sitting in a chair but in terms of actually building the sketch it's always done with my eyes closed oh, so i love that that's so cool because yeah. there's so much um benefit i don't know you're 
whether you're like me, I'm a bit too much energy and I find that it's hard to contain that in the four walls of a canvas or a board or whatever. So closing your eyes, you're definitely creating, you know, a restriction that helps that process. Mm. And, and I, yeah. you're not looking at what you're doing, you're just trusting your hands. It's great. And I think that's where the instinct um, and intuitiveness comes in. And I honestly, like every time I sketch and I'm not looking so my, all the time, basically, I open my eyes and I see it and I think I would never have drawn that if my eyes are open. Yeah. I would never have left so much space away from that side. I would never have put the eye down there. I would never have put an ear on the top of the head. I would never have, you know, whatever it is, yeah. I would never have done that if I was concentrating on formulating a sketch yeah. it's so playful and um i think we lose this as adults um i i teach adults and kids and i love doing exercises like that with adults because it makes them realize that you've got to let go just let it go who gives a shoot whether the ear is on the head you know what i mean it's like and it makes it so much more interesting so do you do life drawing or with the or yeah i have done in the past but no at the moment i don't draw from um from i don't do an ob observational drawing so i don't paint from a picture or a, or a photo it's all memory um yeah and right. it's all kind of like building in yeah building in my mind but i think it's uh it's a really fun way a really mm. fun way of me for painting did, did paint. you go to art school okay. no but i am next year actually Ooh. i know yeah. right <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm actually going to go to the Victorian College of the Arts, so the VCA down Shut here. Up. Oh my God, yeah. how exciting. I know, I'm so excited. So I got in, I don't, yeah, I was pretty um, happy slash shocked. I got into the um, the Masters of Contemporary Art. So I start in March next year um, down at the VCA, which I'm so thrilled about. Before, I never really thought about studying it. And then I think I just decided that 2021 I would, just go all in yeah good mm. for you that's so yeah. <laughs> will you will you continue your painting practice but down like a, a, a rabbit hole something you, you is that what masters of means like i think yeah what i can kind of garner from it is that we get really uh mentored so we're going to get paired with like an academic tutor that is with us throughout the whole two-year full-time course and yes it's totally practical but obviously we're doing lots of theory as well so i think it's going to be amazing i imagine that i will paint my kind of uni work and then i'll also be painting in my studio at home yeah. um because there'll be a few things a few body of works that i'm working on next year so i think those two things will be quite separate and i think i'll be able to be quite experimental in my course and i really want to get it back into sculpture which i've played with before and textiles which i've also played with before so just giving myself that space to experiment again and um, so you're gonna give up sleeping <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I make sure that I get my sleep. Yes, if other things have to go, I'm definitely yeah. getting my no, sleep. No, good on you. I think that's, really, <laughs> that's really exciting. But you did go to Billy Blue, is that right? I did, college? I did. Yeah, yes. so, did you go to that in Melbourne or Sydney? Sydney, yeah. So I did that straight after high school um, and did my Bachelor of Visual Communication. So I've been a graphic designer for the past... 13 years or how long it's been since I left school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you've okay. had that commercial experience yeah. and I definitely, have, yeah. you can, you can see that that's, I think it's helped your, perhaps your um, use of color 
and your bravery and also perhaps your ability to design because mm. you I'm so jealous you've got your own Gorman collection oh you? yes <laughs> oh my god that's on my bucket list it will never happen but you've got to wish for these things. how did that can I, can I say that it was on my bucket list too and okay. I would have said to you that I don't think it's ever going to happen because I remember walking past a Gorman when um Fred Fowl do you know Fred Fowler's yeah, work Fred, yeah he's, um, he's amazing so I walked past Gorman few years ago and I saw his collection with them and I thought to myself wow I would absolutely love to do a Gorman collection so when they yeah when Lisa emailed me I was kind of like far out this is actually happening this is super cool and it was so fun it was one of the most magical processes yeah I really enjoyed it how did that come about like did they see your work and approach you so one of the, um, she has an amazing team of people that work in her print shop, like in the print design space within um, the company. And one of those girls had seen my work at an exhibition that she had gone to um, and then shared that with Lisa. So brilliant. Well, it's even better. I mean, you, you were selected, not you going, hey, what about me? What about me? <laughs> but you know what? Hey, there's time for that too. I am so about like putting yourself out there, messaging people, sending your oh, folios. No one gave me a show in the beginning, like unless I was hustling and asking for it, you know, like everyone needs to be able to do that. And it's awful and there's shit loads of rejection and I can't tell you the amount of people that have said no or just never replied. But all it takes is like one person, you know, seeing something in you. And I was so fortunate that Boom Gallery down in Geelong kind of took off took a punt on me in 2017 I'd never showed before in Melbourne and never showed under my um, Katie Razor practice and um, they gave me yeah the, a, a big space in their amazing gallery and that is a great um, gallery isn't it oh, epic. I, love, yeah. I haven't seen it in the flesh unfortunately but the research I did on it online was I just thought what a great gallery awesome um you have awesome artists um, alongside you there. Um, Emily Besser is such a little pocket rocket of fun who I met years ago at the other art fair. Um, and I think she's in the UK now. Is that right? I think, yeah, I think she still, still sends her work back. Yeah. Um, did you, how did so you did the other art fair is that right i did i did do the other art fair so i did that in um i feel like that was was that 2017 or 2018 i, think, I don't know i think it was, well according to me who knows i'll call it <laughs> i think it was 2017 but you you did really well there didn't you i think you were, were you in the sydney tech no, I did it in Melbourne. So we, it, it was, Melbourne. yeah, so it was at um, this amazing building called the facility in Kensington. Um, and I had an amazing experience and I think that was helped by this, the artists that were surrounding me in my little section. And I was fortunate enough to be put next to Gerwin Davies, who's an incredible photographer. Um, and it was kind of love at first sight. And was, I was so obsessed with him. And we just had the biggest laugh the whole time. I feel like we kind of forgot that we were supposed to be, you know, spruiking our wares at points. But um, <laughs> You get but, like that though, doesn't it? You, I can remember being opposite when I did it in Sydney. I was opposite this awesome chick called... Um, Mona Forgiani, sorry, um, Mona, if I've said your name wrong. She went off. She completely sold out. She did these wicked little collages. I've got one somewhere. Little, I did a swap with her. Little collages of like sort of. She's um, of Iranian descent, and her um, works were these beautiful, really pop arty, simple, simple 
works. Um, but she just nailed it and she sold out and she couldn't believe it. She had and never she done it. And talked to you. She loved me. She loved me. <laughs> but she was the best. Her family were amazing. They came in every day with all this beautiful food. And it was just one big little family along our aisle. Because you spend four days, don't you, 24-7 with these people. It yeah. was so much fun. It is. It was. It was so much fun. And it's pretty full on. Um, it's a thing, isn't it? It's like a marathon. It is, isn't it? It's funny. It's funny. So when, you got into, uh, when you got into Bloom Gallery, like, did you yeah. send a portfolio? And when you say a portfolio, what, 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 was did, in you, it? what did yeah. you send? Like, how many, like, for, for people listening that might be thinking, oh, I'd, I'd love to send my work in. How did you do that? Yeah, awesome question. So I couldn't speak about this enough and I'm free for, like happy to give anyone advice at any point in time. So I basically put together a PDF presentation of, I think I probably put in about 10 works. Um, I included a little blurb about myself, about my work, um, and then I basically sent it off like as a submissions type thing. So you can you will be able to see some galleries accept um, submissions and some don't, but thankfully Boom did. Um, so I sent off my little PDF, which obviously graphic design helped me be able to create that. Um, but there's lots of programs that help you do that kind of stuff now that, um, or, you know, if you have a friend or a friend, you know, pay them a little bit of money, get a, get a gorge um, portfolio from them. But I sent that down and then Ren and Kate hit me back and were just like, do you want to come down and show us your pieces? So that was when I actually physically drove down to Geelong and showed them some of my paintings. And they just, yeah, they, as I said, they just kind of, yeah, saw something, you know, one to help did help um and so you've yeah, got to sort of do your research do you think in which galleries to approach make sure that as you say they take submissions make sure that you know perhaps you're in the ballpark for that your kind of work yeah definitely do you think going i think going to shows like going into the gallery and not as amber said to us the other day don't go in in your thongs and your swimmers <laughs> and say oh yeah i do painting you know it's like it's not a good look is it is it you need to be professional and yeah check it out do your groundwork and then put together a pdf and you're you're showing you're professional aren't you it's i think so yeah way. it's right a good way to and yeah meet people go into shows chat to people and then yeah figure out what actual what spaces suit your work or what where you're at in your career or like what the style is i don't know it needs to be specific to you or put on your own shows. I've also done that. I've also just hired a space and put on yeah. my own stuff because if no one's going to give you a show and you want to show some work, like you just got to do it yourself. Get in there and yeah, definitely. rent and a space. It, yeah, and it's so important to get your work on the wall, be critical, have other people yeah. be critical. You're never going to get any better if you don't no. actually get it out of your studio onto it. it. It looks so different and it's such a good mindset to see that and then you go away and you get better and that's yeah you just keep, it does. keep going it really changes because you've got quite a little studio haven't you you've got a little sunroom is that right yeah it's On the front. yeah and you what did you have 45 works in the michael reed there was nearly 20. oh where did i get 45 from <laughs> i think i probably made that many paintings okay. in, the, in yeah. the body of work i probably made like at least 30 if not 35 and that included work on paper work on canvas and then yeah. different sizes obviously but yeah i really made a huge body of work and then amber being the like magical genius that she is kind of came along and curated exactly what pieces she wanted um from that collection so it was so amazing to kind of 
give my body of work to her and let her kind of create her vision for the show. I love being hands off at that point. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. It's well, you're good to have an editor, isn't it? Yeah. To say yes, no, yeah. goes together. It's hard to see. Well, it. you're too close to it. You, you've been mm. looking at it for so long. You can't be subjective about it because you're like, uh, you know, yeah. you know those paintings so well. But so do you have um, a love art posse? You know, do you have a group of people that you can call upon? It sounds like you do. I'm building it, you know. I think that I definitely have um, people that I can ask questions to and it's only getting better. I feel as though, like, I chat to people on Instagram and then I, you know, make phone calls and we, you know, we share notes, like, how is this going for you? What did you feel about that experience? You know, how do you feel about this in the future? So it is really great because sometimes it can be kind of, like, isolating or, like, feeling right, really alone in your space, in your studio and all these things are happening and you don't know what to do. So it's really nice to have that community that I can kind of, ask questions to and we can all be and we can be really honest with each other yeah, um, I think it's really uh, important I suppose yeah, you'll totally. grow again yeah. doing your masters that would be fantastic these will be people that will be your contemporaries in um in the art world which is great yeah look Absolutely. at I'd Luke Scabiris and mm. Laura Jones Katie Erasure's coming <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry the, oh my god the, it's a bit the windy wind's just picked up I thought Arthur's studio was going then that's all right my outside studio needs a needs a clean so now the wind's doing it all <laughs> perfect getting out the cobwebs exactly so you did you am I right in believe thinking that you were a graffiti artist Oh, I don't know if I'd call myself a graffiti artist. And like but a, what's the street art? Street art. Yeah, I reckon it would be more in the street art realm. I don't. I think I don't graffiti know. writers that like would be offended you, by that. Is that yeah? Am I offending you? Am I so like like not offending me? Oh no no! I'm just saying that calling a Canadian American. You know when you do that. Oh, you're American. No. Ooh, I, I don't know if I can comment on that either. I don't know if that's okay, offensive or not. Yeah, no it's my her. mission. Right. I love offending street people. Art. Okay. Right. What was it? What were you doing with the street art? That's funny. Yeah, I started using spray paint really early, like back when I was in high school and I hung out with a bunch of people and we did that a little bit. Um, and I guess that kind of moved into the work that I was making um, around like 2008 to 2010-ish, I guess. Um, so it definitely was like a big part of my life then. Um, and yeah, doing murals and public art and that type of thing. I did a bunch of that. Um, so yeah, I guess that was my background, but I definitely wasn't like painting trains and being all, <laughs> oh, being all law breaking. You're destroying mine. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that, I not that cool. That not, not that cool. You are, come I on. I can see the influence of that though in your work yeah. now. Yeah, it's the freedom in your mark making, mm. which I would imagine and the, and you the, get. Yeah. The fluoro colours yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah, totally. You know, I think I think even though I try not to have that at the forefront of my story, it definitely comes through because that is my yeah. history. Mm. Um, and I love using aerosol paint. I will always use it. I use it a lot on my sculptures. Um, Tell us so. about your sculptures because I'm really curious about this. I um, I've got a bit of a 3D thing going. I want to play more. So, but you really have nailed that transition. I. I, the ones I've seen of yours, they really look like your paintings come to life in 3D, which I think is amazing because you don't often get that when you work with both. So how do you go about working with a sculpture? Do you start the same as a painting? How do you do it? No, so all my sculptures that I've made 
at this point are direct one-for-one -one replicas of the shapes that are in an artwork. Okay. So the reason that you see it as the artwork is because it is. So um, in the body of work I made for Boom, I made my first sculptures and the three biggest paintings, um, I got a friend of mine to laser cut out those shapes in wood. So directly what you see on the canvas became an individual piece on wood. Yeah. Um, and then I painted them and assembled them with um, wooden dowels so you couldn't see okay. it. So the idea was that it was made to feel like the painting had fallen to the ground and then become something new. Yeah. So I called them deconstructed replicas because in a way they were replicas but in a way they were really deconstructed. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, you nailed it because I definitely saw that. I just oh, loved cool. it. Mm. I had this kind of weird sort of toy story type feeling of, you know, like that, the toys play at night. Totally. Like, oh, they'd all fallen off the wall and become <laughs> So do you big. think you're going to push that when you do your MA? So. Yeah, I would love to do more sculpture. I really would. I'd love to work in, like, do some clay building, do um, some more woodworking sculpture, and then do textiles. I just, honestly, I want to explore everything. Like, I feel as though I'm a pretty open book, and I just want to kind of put my finger in a bunch of pies. And yeah, definitely. And mix it all up, maybe. I don't know. Totally, yeah. There's definitely legs mm. for crossing all those you know skills that you have and just i guess the great thing about the masters is you've got two years you've got the official right to play i know you right? just throw yourself into it and go How exciting. i know we're, we're i'm jealous so yeah. lucky <laughs> <laughs> so lucky awesome. yeah, no, it's very it. exciting yeah um and you've also been in frankie magazine as well yeah, yeah, they, they had a few of my pieces in there, I think, at some point. How did you get that? Was that a submission thing or did you, they ask you? No, that, it's funny. I didn't even know that that was happening until I saw it online. I think I got a Google alert or something. Yeah, I think it was a Google alert. And then I was like, oh, Frankie, oh, that's right. And then I saw they had done a little um, synopsis and put my paintings up. I don't know if it was in the magazine or if it was just on their online blog. On their online it, thing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was Frankie's fun. Great though. Frankie's such a good institution, I reckon. Totally. Like, Couldn't agree more. Bit of a... Well, it's like the design files. I think, you know, for um, artists, oh. emerging artists, it's just a, a platform for a different generation to see your work, which is great. And do you think, um, you know, design files, Frankie, obviously Gorman, has helped raise your, your profile and helped you grow your following and sales with your, with your paintings? I would have to say yes. And I think that um, they're all really amazing platforms that champion creatives and artists. And I'm all about that. And as much as I can do it in my work, I want to do that too. Um, I'm all about kind of lifting other artists up and my friends. Yeah. And um, I just want everyone to get their kind of slice of the pie, you might say. Yeah. So it makes me super thankful that other people um, recognise my work and want to promote it on there. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a really strong female trait. It's, I think, I don't know. I'm a bit of a feminist. Like you know, I'm, I'm proud to be a feminist, and I think that women really enjoy helping other women. You know, we celebrate each other's successes. Julie and I just had a show together, and I just get I get just as pumped, if not more so, than when she gets the red dot than myself. You know, it's like yes, a hundred percent. If we, yeah, a hundred percent. And that's the thing. Like, if as artists, we all kind of band together, and even as people, and even as friends and stuff. And if you lift each other up, when everyone else, 
you know, everyone else becomes better, more elevated, more empowered, more confident, then we're all going to get collectively. Absolutely. Um, well, and we, yeah, females, females have not globally been seen in the art world and especially not in Australia. You know, What's I that think, crazy percentage? Like art, art museum collections are like 8% women or yeah, something. It's bonkers. terrible. It's terrible. There's some really great shirts actually with all the female artists on it, oh, you know, yeah. like Frida and, mm. you know, they're, they're really good shirts. I was thinking they'd be good Christmas. I think presents. it's changing. It is changing. Everything's changing, which is mm. great. There's so much more opportunities mm. for difference. Mm. I think this is what I'm loving about the world now is that there's definitely um, more awareness of an acceptance perhaps, but it's, we've still got a long way to go. There's no doubt, you know, there's, um, well, there's a good segue into what artists have like you yeah. upheld as the ones that you have been really influenced by in your artwork. Wow, so many, so many. Um, I guess uh, someone, an artist that's really um, prolific and working in at the moment is Toyin Oji Oitaya. Oitaya, um, and she is a painter that uses predominantly like graphite and pencil and she does huge large scale portraits um, and she's super intellectual and she's like really interesting and she creates these like whole worlds. Um, her latest collection that opened in London a few months ago was all about these characters that were in this queer world and there was like a hierarchy and that she painted, she painted, she did paint like 45. She actually did um, for that show. Um, and her work is incredible. And then there's large scale, like abstract artists that I'm obsessed with. Um, and like the Jenny Seville's of the world who paint mm. portraiture. And um, I think that a lot of um, my artwork and my color play is also inspired by indigenous Australian artwork. Um, Sally Gabori's work will always be the biggest inspiration to me. Her scale, right. her storytelling. I love her work. Yeah, stunning. Yeah, stunning. yeah and Emily Carmay. Kangwari is another one that just has this unreal sense of um, colour and scale and story and they're just so inspiring to me. Definitely. How, um, how do you spell that, that girl's name? Ton, Ton. All right. Wait, I've, I've probably got it written down. Toyin is the first word, first name, so T-O-Y-I-N. Um, O-G, Oyotaiwa. Oh, yeah, so, okay. we got it. What okay. a great name. Yeah. And the fact you could say it, Casey, was my, very impressive. Oh, do you know what? I've probably not said it perfectly, so well, you, apologies to her. Good. ...where people are making artworks with really no... Mm. I mean, not many of them Formal have got like, training. a Western... Yeah idea of art and it's so fascinating that you can just not have any formal training but mm. like sally gabori started painting what when she was 75 yeah. picks up a brush and i don't know how she does it her work is just so incredible it's so emotive yeah. and i don't know i don't yeah i don't think that I, people need art education in order to express themselves i think and it's I think a hindrance sometimes from that, yeah and like, you know, the stories and the tradition and the culture that um, First Nations people exist within is so powerful. Um, and it's no not surprising that 
you know, art making and storytelling has always come so naturally um, and at the forefront of communi communication and culture for them because it's um, yeah. because you can see that in the work and it's not yeah it doesn't yeah. doesn't need the Western canon of um, art education um, to be valid or to be absolutely yeah, absolutely and it's a there's no fear of what am I doing and why am I doing it's it comes from within I guess it's this is what I do. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't had an opportunity. We've um, met with Black Douglas and a couple of times and spoken to, but you know, sadly, where we live, it's such a bit of a white bubble, so we don't get an opportunity to speak to people who um, we will. can help us. But we will. We're always on the lookout for people to talk to. Um, so, Kate, apart from the Masters next yeah, what's year, on? like what what else would you be continuing showing? Like you said, you're going to continue your own practice. Have you got exhibitions coming up or? I do actually, I'm pretty pleased to say that. I'm gonna have another little ditty with um, Michael Reed Studio, um, Northern Beaches and um, with Amber. I think that'll probably be around mid-year. And then I will also show with the gallery I'm signed to down in Melbourne called Studio Gallery. Um, so that will happen at some point in 2021 as well. So are we focusing on those two body of works next year? Exciting. Fantastic. So you've got three galleries. That's great. Three? Who's the third? Boom. No, no more boom. No more boom. Oh, boom. no, boom. No, 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 boom. Boom's still there. No, boom's still there. I haven't shown with them recently, yes. no. Oh, I but see. yeah, boom's, boom's still definitely there. It's still there, but you're, you're on to the next thing, which is the way it should be. It's like... Well, we're very excited for your success and, and thank you so much yeah. for talking to us, Katie. We will you are an inspiration. Awesome. You are an inspiration Fantastic. to many people. And do you have your Gorman clothes? Did, do you, do you, when you put them on, do you wear them or not? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love wearing them. So that's, I'm a Gorman addict. Them. I'm a bit like, I've got too much Gorman actually. <laughs> it's become embarrassing, but that's okay. They're such great clothes for women who they're not, you know, they fit every shape. That's what I love about them. It's, and I only buy them on sale. Sorry, Lisa, you're too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I only buy everything on sale just because I'm a bit of a tight ass like that. You've got to do you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're always going to do us. Well, thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. Time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you. It was that hot, humid weather down. We're done with it. Down well, I'll come up to Sydney. I'm coming up to Sydney next oh, week, so I can't wait it to, to keep the um, keep the weather firing for me. Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Thank you for your time. Oh, you really appreciate it. And ho hopefully, our paths will cross one day. On the I'm market. sure they will. 100. percent Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Good luck with your masters. Bye. Well, thank you. Bye. Bye. Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.
Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.